tell me your stories. Stories of the dark and what hides within. Stories of shadows in the night and creatures unknown even to the gods. Let me feel your fear, share your terror, and know that you are not alone. <laughs> Take my hand and follow me into the darkness of horror film reviews and real tales of the paranormal. I'm Mr. Steve, and welcome to my horror section. Ghosts, demons, otherworldly creatures, and people who have been blessed with a gift of sight. These are not new concepts. In fact, just about everything that falls into the category of what we call paranormal have been around since ancient times, and most likely even a little longer than that. Welcome to Season 2 of My Horror Section. This Halloween season, I have decided to focus my attentions on films and documentary series surrounding the subject of paranormal investigation. <gasps> the search for proof of the paranormal has been forever present in our history. Prior to the 19th century, there was no real technology available to capture proof of these things. In those days, if you ran around the village yelling you saw a ghost, you might find yourself locked away in a loony hut. Because you had nothing to prove it. Well, times sure have changed. Technology has advanced so far that the paranormal has nowhere to hide anymore. The evidence that has been captured of the existence of ghosts, cryptids, aliens, and other realms of reality in recent years is staggering. So, the films I'm going to be talking about this season are the films in the Conjuring universe, The Blair Witch Project, Paranormal Activity, Insidious, and the 1980s legend that is Poltergeist. <laughs> Along with these amazing movies, I wanted to discuss a few of my favorite ghost hunting documentary series like Ghost Adventures, The Dead Files, Destination Fear, and I'm kicking this season off with my favorite of them all, The Haunted Saginaw Film Series by Steve Shippey. But before I get into that, I decided to change things up a little this season. I'll begin each episode with a real paranormal encounter instead of the other way around as I did in season one. That way, if you don't really give a lick about the movie, you can tap out after you get your fill of spooky stories. So without further delay, on to Paranormal Encounters. I call this story, Lights On. By now you have heard almost all the encounters my brother and I experienced while living in our childhood home on Schmidt Road. But here is one more. This experience occurred very shortly after we moved in back in 1996. My parents had gone to the casino on this particular evening, which was a common date night activity for them. My mom and dad were touched by a leprechaun. They had crazy luck. Unfortunately, that never quite rubbed off onto me. I may as well walk into the casino and hand them my money, cry, and then walk out. It was getting late, and I was upstairs watching TV in my room. 
My little brother was downstairs watching TV in the living room. If you've listened to season one, you may recall me telling you that my brother rarely slept in his bedroom. There was always something off about his room. Something dark. It was about 11.30, and I was getting sleepy. Our parents hadn't come home yet. They didn't usually roll in until about 1 a.m. or so. I went downstairs to check on my little bro. He was sound asleep in his sleeping bag on the floor in front of the TV. I shut the TV off, turned off all the lights except for the light above the kitchen sink. We always kept that one on as a nightlight. I went upstairs and conked out. It was the sound that woke me first. My hands flew up and covered my ears before I even had a chance to open my eyes. My TV was on and turned up full blast. I opened my eyes to the blinding light on the ceiling fan that had been turned on. I frantically got out of bed and turned the TV down. Still in a state of shock, I looked around my room. My desk lamp was turned on. My floor lamp was turned on. Adam. I yelled out his name, thinking my little brother was trying to mess with me. Just then, the phone in my room started to ring. It was one of those cool phones from the 90s with the huge numbers on it. I loved it. I ran over and answered it, but no one was there. This all happened in a matter of maybe 20 seconds. After I hung up the phone, I realized that this wasn't just happening in my room. I looked out into the upstairs hallway. The hall light was on, and every light in my brother's room was on, along with his TV cranked all the way up. My heart was racing by now. I ran in and turned down the TV first because the sound was about ready to make my heart explode. I remember looking around for my brother to be hiding up there, but nope. Now that I got this room under control, my attention was drawn downstairs. I could hear the TV in the living room just blaring away. What the fuck? I got to the bottom of the stairs and stopped. Every light in the entire house was on. My eyes went straight to my brother's sleeping bag. He was still in it, not moving a muscle. I turned down the living room TV. Damn, we didn't have to have any kind of fancy surround sound at that time, and my ears were hurting like a son of a bitch at this point. Adam, what are you doing, dipshit? He didn't move. I was waiting for him to start laughing, but he didn't. I got down and shook his shoulder. He was out. How the hell did he stay asleep through this? That's when the chills hit me. I don't think Adam did this. This wave of fear came over me. Just then the phone rang again. I answered it praying it would be our parents. This was time long before caller ID. Once again, no one was on the other end. Really weird. My worst fear was that someone had broken in, saw we were sleeping, and decided to mess with us before killing us. So I slowly made my way through the house, checking every room thoroughly with a metal bat and turned off all the lights. Even the lights in the garage were on. What the actual fuck? I checked the doors. They were all locked. Trying to make sense of something like this when you are that freaked out is next to impossible. My brain was in complete instinct mode at that time. I went back to my room and eventually fell asleep. The next morning, I got up and told my mom and dad what had happened. 
Their first instinct was also to put the blame on little brother Adam. But he swore up and down left and right that he didn't do anything. And you know what? I believe him. I could tell when my brother was fibbing. And he definitely was not. This was actually one of the first unexplained incidents that happened in our home. Almost all the stories you have heard in previous episodes had taken place long after this one. Maybe this was the lighting of the torch. Was this electrical chaos encounter the door to the other world opening up somehow? Hmm, I guess we'll never truly know. Tune in every episode this season for more of my scary stories and some tales of terror from some friends of mine. Now it's on to my horror movie review. Well, not so much a movie, but a docuseries. I wanted to kick this season off with a favorite of mine, the Haunted Saginaw film series by Steve Shippey. Mr. Shippey is a Saginaw, Michigan native, just one city south of where I was born and raised in Bay City, Michigan. Steve Shippey, also known as Prozac in the rap music world, made his debut in the world of paranormal investigation back in 2010 with the release of his first documentary film, A Haunting on Hamilton Street. I tell you what, get ready for even the hairs on your ass to stand up with these films. Every year until the 2020 pandemic, Steve and his paranormal team, The Seekers, would bring a new documentary that was filmed in or around Saginaw to be premiered at the Temple Theater in Saginaw, and every year they sold the place out. I was apparently living a very sheltered life at that time. I knew nothing about Steve and his team until 2014 when a coworker of mine lent me the DVDs to watch. I was completely blown away. I've watched so many ghost hunting and paranormal documentaries. I thought I'd seen it all. Bitch, not even close. These films set a new standard for me. You know how most paranormal shows capture maybe one or two pieces of evidence and sometimes nothing at all? Yeah, well, not in this series. The amount of evidence that Steve and his team captures is incredible. We are talking multiple apparitions, EVPs, audible sounds, objects moving, and their static cam footage will have you pulling the covers over your head. I've never seen anything like it to this day. Obviously, I became a Haunted Saginaw groupie, attending their premieres every year. It was so cool and heartwarming to see such a huge amount of people coming out to support Steve and his team. Oftentimes in the world of horror and the paranormal, you tend to feel kind of like the odd man out. And then you experience something like this, and it opens your eyes as to just how many people are into this stuff. And it really just gives you a sense of community and inclusion. It's a beautiful thing, really. At every premiere with the purchase of your ticket, you receive a copy of the film on DVD. Of course, I have all 10 of them. You can purchase the entire collection right now at hauntedsaginaw.com. Or you can stream them on Amazon Prime Video. I had no idea that the uh, Tri-City area I grew up in had so many intensely haunted locations and I mean intensely. Their first film back in 2010 had three locations. Saginaw's uh, Shook Hotel, the Saginaw Comedy Club, and the Stables Outdoor Outfitter. 
After that, they focused more on one location per film. They took us to the Saginaw's uh, Potter Street train station, the Hoyt Library, and even the place where they premiered their films, the Temple Theater. Outside of abandoned and operational businesses, Steve also took us to many residential locations, like the Haunting on Dice Road, Finn Road, Brockway Street, and their most recent film, A Haunting on Adam Street, which actually is an investigation of Steve's new museum that is now open to the public. For me, I think that the uh, documentaries that are centered around a home and trying to help the family within are the ones that get to me the most. These people are being terrorized and in need of help. And Steve and his team do an amazing job of giving these folks somewhere to turn. I think if I had to pick a favorite, I would have to pick the fourth film that was just called A Haunting in Saginaw. Now, every one of these films is incredible, but there was uh, something about this one that stood out to me just a little more than the rest. It was the story of a single mom and her two daughters. One day, while out doing a little gardening, the mother dug up a pair of antique garden shears. Not really assuming that a spirit would be attached to them, she brought them in the house and cleaned them up. Whoops. Uh-oh. Enter Steve and the Seekers to help this poor family out. The evidence captured here was so incredible. Audible breathing and growling while Steve was just sitting at the kitchen table asking the entity questions. They caught an apparition on the static cams uh, twice, once in the living room and once running across the basement door. In one of the static cam reels, you see the bedroom door shut on its own. And then next to that door is the basement door, which flies open hard. And then seconds later, slams shut on its own. (gasps) Seeing doors open and close on their own is very common footage to see. But usually they are moving a little on the slower side. This was like, move, motherfucker. I'm coming through with all kinds of speed. (laughs) I remember my butt puckering right up the first time I saw that happen. I think the biggest heebie-jeebies I got was uh, the static cam footage Uh, that was in the living room, it was facing one of the daughter's bedrooms. You see the bedroom door shut on its own. Then the overhead light comes on. And then you see light coming through the bottom of the door just before you see what looks like someone walking behind the door. Absolutely creeped me out. You knew there was no one in that room. The homeowner herself caught some footage on her camera phone of her bathroom door shutting on its own, and you can also hear footsteps on the other side of that door. I give her a lot of credit for standing her ground. Uh, She walked right into the bathroom, camera in hand, still filming to show everyone that there was no one in that bathroom. In order to help this family, Steve reached out to the man of the cloth to help rid these people of this SOB. I tell you what, when that priest came in, things really amped up. The audible sounds captured were crazy. Definitely the investigation that stood out the most to me. Again, I stress that every one of these films has something to offer, and they are all beautifully filmed. I could literally spend all night raving about every little detail about all of these films. But I'm not one of those podcasters that likes to harp on details for too, too long. 
I've listened to some shows that do that and they spend way too much time on a particular part of a film or subject matter that their episodes end up being hours long. Blah, blah, blah. That's just not me. When I'm making these episodes, I keep them short and to the point. I know that most folks are quite busy and they are taking time out of their schedules to listen to me, and I don't want to waste their time. If I see that a podcast episode is longer than a half hour or 45 minutes at max, I'm not going to listen to it. I don't have time for that. Anyways, back to Haunted Saginaw and Rant. There's a couple special guests from Ghost of Hunters, uh, Brian Harnois and Steve Gonzalez, that joined in from time to time in the film, so that's pretty cool to see them. Uh, the success of the Haunted Saginaw films really catapulted Steve Shippey into royalty status in the paranormal investigative world. Uh, he had his own series on Destination America called Haunting in the Heartland, which I really liked. He also did Scream, the true story on Discovery Plus, a documentary that he teamed up with psychic Cindy Kazaa, whom I adore, to investigate the Gainesville Ripper, the serial killer who was the inspiration for the Scream films. I actually had no idea that Scream was based off of real life events, but I guess when you get down to it, most horror films are based off of some version of a real life event. Not all, but most. Also, if you visit Steve Shippey's Patreon page at patreon.com slash steveshippey, you can gain access to more of his paranormal investigations when you have a chance. I can't say enough good things about the Haunted Saginaw films and Steve Shippey. They are so scary and the amount of evidence captured is unsurpassed. And they have, uh, they're edited just so well with such quality. I tip my hat to Steve and his team. Uh, you would have you would have thought that this was a big budget production, but it was not. These guys worked very hard to bring forth a quality product, and I think they deserve a round of applause. <laughs> Steve, if you ever need a new crew member, my hand is always in the air for you. I'm right down the road, and it would be an honor to work with you. Thank you for tuning into my show this Halloween season. On my next episode, I'll be sharing another real paranormal encounter to scare your pants off. And I will be reviewing the incredible Conjuring Universe films. And something new for this season. I'm going to end each episode with an inspirational quote. I read quotes all the time. I feel that words are very important. They have certainly helped me work through some tough times in my life. So I thought, why not share some of these quotes on my show? So, I leave you with this. The soul usually knows what to do to heal itself. The challenge is silencing the mind. Well, that's it for today. So see you next time. Steve's Horror Section is an independently produced podcast. If you would like to become a supporter of the show, you can visit my Patreon page at patreon.com slash stevesshorrorsection. The music and sound effects on my show are provided by epidemicsound.com.